Thank you for joining us online today. If you have a prayer request or a testimony that you'd like to share with us, please text it to HOTL at 97000. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can text a dollar amount to 84321. We hope you enjoy the word today and have a great week. All right. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for uh, braving the snowstorm and making it to church. I said that in the first service and everybody just stared at me as well. I don't know. Is that not a snowstorm to you? I don't know. I guess it's not a bl it's not quite a blizzard. Um, I, uh, I do, I just want to preface, uh, this morning, I, I'm feeling okay, but, um, I'm a little under the weather, and so my mind is kind of weird, so just bear with me this morning, um, but I'm believing that God's going to help me, and it's going to come across clear, okay? So pray for me, please, just be like, bless him, Lord, bless him, okay? Especially if I say something you don't like, just be like, bless him, Lord, all right? Um, I, I'm excited to share with you, uh, this is the last week of our Generous Life series, the last week, and I know recently we've said that, and then it hasn't been true, but this is the last week of our Generous Life series, okay? Um, I want to I wanna honor our pastor who preached such a good message last Sunday. Come on, can we give it up for him? <laughs> pastor Jeff, he's, uh, he and Pastor Robbie are ministering at another MFI church this morning. Um, and I thought even in the first service, how cool is it that he's probably on stage right now preaching and I'm on stage right now preaching. We're preaching at the same time. So, um, Lord, give me the anointing of Pastor Jeff and be with me. Um, but yeah, I just want to honor him. I know it's, it's always a tough subject to, to speak on. Um, I am going to as well kind of continue and build off what he was saying last Sunday. And I'm excited to, to preach on generosity this morning. And um, yeah, let's let's open up our Bibles. If you got a Bible, anybody bring a Bible to church? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. You're like, no, it's going to be on the screen. I don't need my Bible. Well, if you got a Bible and you want to, you can open up to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, or I guess what we found out recently is, as the they say in the UK, they say two Corinthians, right? Yes, they say one and two Corinthians. I thought that was just like you didn't know the Bible, but that's apparently how they say it over there. All right. So open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. You guys doing okay today? Okay. I need some, I just need some help this morning, all right? So feel free to be loud and rowdy, and it's going to be a good time. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start reading in verse 5, and we're going to go to verse 11, and then we will pray, we'll have a conversation, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll give you context to what we're reading here in a moment. But I just want you to listen. I want this to bless you. Here's the reality is this is, um, there's so much here, we're not going to get to all of it, and I'm just going to kind of pull a little bit out of it, but I just want it to bless you as I read it, because I think it's just really good. It's one of those scriptures that like you can read, and then we could be like, amen, and then we could go home. In fact, does that sound good to you? Let's just do that. No, I'm kidding. I got something to say. I got something to say. This is what the Bible says. Paul's writing to the, the church in Corinth. He says this in verse five. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangement for the generous gift that you had promised. And then it will be ready as a generous gift and not one grudgingly given or another uh, translation will say as an exaction. Um, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I love that. God loves a cheerful giver. And listen to this. I want this to bless you today. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, come on, somebody, you will abound in every good work. In every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply increase to your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, not just Christmas, but on every occasion. And through your generosity, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. How cool is that? Did you know that as we are generous, it's gonna result in other people giving thanks to God. That's cool. Can we thank God? Can we just say thank you, God? All right, thank you, God. You guys are wonderful. So much more rowdy than the 9 a.m. You guys are my favorite service. I love the 11 a.m. Um, my goodness, those baptisms, right? A little, little Alice got baptized. Oh my, I didn't even know she was getting baptized. That's amazing. I was just like, this is amazing. First service was amazing. Second service is amazing. God is awesome. God is awesome. Let me pray. Let me pray. Um, Jesus, we, we thank you for these moments that we're about to share together, and I, I thank you for your, your partnership with me on, on this platform as we um, extrapolate and unfold your word. And, and God, I pray for energy. I just pray for a clarity of mind, and I just ask that you would allow me to communicate what you've given to me, to this amazing community. God, uh, let, it, let it be like good seed falling on soft soil. God, I pray that you would allow us to um, leave this place feeling more encouraged and just more um, joyful and God, more peace and more hope about what you're doing in the earth. God, what you're doing in our community and what you're doing in our life and what you're doing in our family. And I just thank you um, for who you are and we want to fix our eyes on you this morning I pray that as we leave this place, that all eyes would just be so in awe of you. God, that, um, that this message is not a big deal. God, you're a big deal. And I just pray for um, all glory and all honor and all praise to go to you. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said amen. Amen. My hope today is that by the end of the message, this is my hope that you'll not only have the desire to be more generous, but you will be determined to be that kind of man or woman for the rest of your life. Amen. Amen? Okay, cool. So I'm excited. I'm going to talk about generosity. I don't get to, I've never really shared on generosity before, um, but I'm excited because one thing that I know is that God loves generosity. God loves generosity. And I, I said this to the first service, but I also want to say it to you in the second service. Before I get into anything, I want to stop and I want to honor this community. I want to say thank you to this community for you guys have been so generous. This community is so generous. If you are not aware of that, I want you to know that this community is incredibly generous. I, I, I'm just thinking about um, all, the, all the things that we give to, you know, uh, the youth rally and the pie auction and the, the turkeys and, um, and the fireworks stand. And um, gosh, I'm just, there's so many things. It's just this year. And, and I've been a part of this church for like, I think, 15 years. And I think every single year, I'm just, I'm continually blown away by the generosity of this church. So I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But not just how you give financially. I want to thank you for how you give with your time, your talent, how you serve God's house, 
how you volunteer, and I want to thank you for the love that you have so generously shared, even to me. Um, I, I just, there's so many of you that I could just call out and be like, you, you, you might thought it was small, but you just coming up to me and saying nice words, it blessed my life. And I want to say thank you. So can we do something? Can we like clap for ourselves? Come on. I know maybe that's weird, but Woo, I am so generous. It's awesome. It's great. I'm amazing. It's awesome. Okay. I'm feeling okay today. I'm feeling okay this service. Holy Spirit. Is that what they call a Holy Ghost? Susie? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyways, so I'm excited today. I'm gonna talk about generosity, but if anything, can we just allow it to be an encouragement to keep up our generosity? But if you're here today and you're like, I don't know if I am a very generous person, I know that the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to us. And my encouragement to you is as you hear his voice, don't harden your heart today. Because I really believe this. I really believe that God has an amazing adventure of a life waiting for us as we step into what he's called us to step into. And I believe that that life is a life of generosity. I really do. I'm not just saying that because I'm supposed to say it. I really do. I really believe that a life of generosity is the life that God has called us to walk in. And I'm gonna try to explain that to you as we pull apart the, the message today. Um, but I know as we, as we talk about generosity, as we talk about money, it can get a little awkward. In fact, I say money, and some of you clench up. It's like, are you constipated? No, no, we're just talking about money, okay? It's a little awkward, and so I want to make some disclaimers as we get into the message today. Again, um, this is not like a money grab, okay? I'm not, we're not taking an, like a special offering at the end of the message. I will not ask you to sow a seed of $7,000 so that you can get 70 blessings, okay? That's garbage, in my opinion. Um, we're not gonna be selling miracle water in the foyer after the message today. I'm sorry if you were hoping for that, but it's not gonna happen. If somebody approaches you in the parking lot and they're trying to sell you some miracle water, just run away, okay? You have my permission, just run away. That's not... That's not our heart. That's not what we want to do. Um, but we as a community, we can't shy away from talking about God's timeless truths regarding our finances. That God actually has something to say. That God actually has a plan for our finances. See, and I want you to know, you've, if you've been coming here for a while, you probably already know this, but we're not a church that subscribes to a prosperity gospel by any means, okay? We do not subscribe to that. But on the other end, we do not subscribe to a poverty gospel, we actually believe that God wants to bless us so that we can get, then go and be a blessing. I can't bless somebody very much unless I receive blessing. I can only give what I have. And I wanna actually position myself to be blessed by God, not so that I could be like, look at my life, it's awesome. No, so that I can be a blessing. Somebody say amen, come on. There it is, all right, there it is. We wanna be a blessing by getting a blessing, and it's funny because, you know, you come to church, and man, you can talk about anything in church, almost anything in church, but the two topics that are like the most awkward are money and sex, and they're on your mind a lot. Let's just be honest, you know? It's, 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 are we getting awkward? Are we getting a little awkward this morning? It's great. Did he just say money and sex in church? Yeah, I did. Sex, I said it, okay? In fact, if you guys want to like take a vote, would you rather talk about sex instead of money today? Show of hands. No, I'm kidding. Don't. <laughs> it's sick. It's sick. No, I'm just kidding. It's like, you're weird. No, you're weird. It's true, though, right? The, the moment we kind of hit these topics, it's like, oh, okay, it gets a little awkward, but we got to understand that 
Jesus, actually 25% of his teaching is on money. That aside from the kingdom of God, Jesus' favorite thing to talk about was money. And what I want you to know today, what I want you to know today is that God is not after your money. God is after your heart. God wants your heart. But maybe Jesus taught so much on money because he knows that we as humans have a tendency to put our trust in money and not in him. And so he thought it necessary to teach on money because God is always trying to get us into a place of dependence on him, not a dependence on possessions, dependence on his presence, not dependence on materials. Come on, somebody. Dependence on him, not dependence on an earthly security. For Jesus says, sort for for yourself treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth. That's just good financial advice, by the way. Right? What does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6? He says, he says that no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's interesting to me that the only time God puts himself up against another God, it's money. It's money. And this word money is the word mammon. And mammon has a lot of implications, a lot of things to say about it. But one thing mammon means is it means deceitful riches. It's being deceived by money. What does Paul write to Timothy? He says, he, he, it's a verse that we get wrong a lot of the time. He says, he doesn't say that money is a root of all kind of evil. He says, the love of money is a root of all kind of evil. The love. So having money isn't bad. It's when money has you that it's bad. See, it's, it's the love of money. It's the serving of money. How do I know if I'm serving money? If it's all you think about, if it's all you talk about, if it's all you're hoping for, if it's all you pray about, you might be serving money. But God says you can't serve two masters. You can only serve one. And I want to serve Jesus. And so can I say it like this? Money is an awesome tool, but it's a terrible God. It's a terrible God. But it is an awesome tool for us to use for God's glory. Are you with me today, church? You doing okay? Okay, you can release the clinching. All right, calm down. It's gonna get gooder. It's gonna get more good. All right, I promise. So generosity, I'm gonna talk about generosity. If I could define generosity, this is how I'd define it. I would say generosity is giving more than what's required. Generosity is giving more than what's required. And since you didn't say amen to that, it means you probably don't agree with that. So I'm going to teach you that. Okay, that's what I'm going to teach you today. Generosity is giving more than what's required. So we read in 2 Corinthians, and Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And um, it's interesting because there's been a bit of a relational breakdown between Paul and the Corinthian church. Somewhere between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, there were other leaders that were coming in and they were telling this church in Corinth that Paul wasn't a very good guy, that Paul wasn't a legit pastor, that Paul was just out for their money. Sounds like some YouTube prophets to me. And so Paul, that was a joke, by the way, you can, okay. So, <laughs> so Paul, he's writing in 2 Corinthians to, to restore relationship with the church in Corinth. And it's crazy to me because out of 13 chapters, Paul takes two of them to write just on money and generosity. Two whole chapters. And scholars will say that these are two of the most dense, packed, beautiful writings on money in the entire Bible. This is chapters eight and chapters nine. There's so much to say, so much to teach. 
But quickly, just to give you a backstory of what happened about a year before this, um, the Corinthian church said that they would give money to the, the Christians in Jerusalem because at the time, the Christians in Jerusalem were experiencing persecution. Their, 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 their homes were, were, were being taken. Their businesses were being shut down. They were being stolen from. They were being scattered. And so the church in Corinth, they were like, hey, let's get together and let's get some cash and let's send it to these Christians in Jerusalem, except they never did. They said they were gonna do it, and then they never did. And so Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians, he's like, he's like hey, I, I want you guys to finish what you said you were gonna do, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna send some guys ahead of me, so by the time I get there, this will not be a begrudging, uh, how do I say that, begrudgingly given gift. It will not be an exaction, is what he says. It won't be an exaction. What is an exaction? An exaction is, is, is something that I do, I feel like I have to do, or I feel like I'm obligated to do. A lot of times our giving is something we feel like we have to do. Why do you tithe? Why do you give? Well, because, you know, it's what kind of you're supposed to do, right? That's what, like, the Bible said and, and the preacher said, and, and that's what my parents taught me. And, and, and this giving, Paul's like, I don't want it to be something you're obligated to do. He's like, I don't want you to give and then expect something in return. I don't want you to give and then expect that something good is going to be happening to you. By the way, that's not generosity. That's called a business deal. And I'm afraid that we have a lot of Christians that have, a, have business deals with God, not a generous life with God. I don't wanna make business deals with God because that's not how he works. When I'm giving, I don't wanna give and the motivation of my heart be that I can get. I wanna give out of the generosity of my heart. And Paul is saying, hey, I don't want you to give to these, 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 these uh, Christians in Jerusalem and then expect a couple months later that they're gonna Venmo you. Because Venmo doesn't exist. Is a joke, okay? I don't want you to expect something in return. I want you to give out the generosity of your heart. And this is what Paul says. I love this line so much. He says, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. What a statement. I don't know about you, but I wanna know what excites God. I wanna know what gets God going. I wanna know what God loves. And God loves a cheerful Giver. God gets a thrill when we give cheerfully. God gets excitement when we give cheerfully. Why? Because God sees himself in us when we're generous. Because we actually reflect God when we give, not to get something in return, but rather when we give out of the generosity of our heart. And I think it goes without saying that we can be generous in our finances, we can be a cheerful giver in our finances, but I think it goes beyond that. Can we also be a cheerful giver with our time? Can we be a cheerful giver with our talent? Do we serve the house of God begrudgingly? Do we serve our neighbor begrudgingly? Can we, how about this, can we give forgiveness cheerfully? That's tough. That's challenging. Can we give love to somebody cheerfully? that I would love somebody and I'm not expecting them to give me anything back, I'm just loving to love. That my forgiveness, listen, I'm, if somebody offends me, if somebody hurts me, I forgive, not giving forgiveness out of an expectation that they're gonna forgive me, that's not the whole point. Well, the only reason I'm forgiving you is because I really think you need to forgive me. That's not forgiveness. That's just like, hey, let, let's just like make sure that you knew you were wrong. No, forgiveness is when you actually mean it and you go to somebody and say, hey, I don't know where you're at and it doesn't even matter how you respond to this, I just want you to know I'm sorry, I hurt you. So we can be a cheerful giver in all areas of our life. And when generosity is an obligation, we, we, we operate from this, I have to. 
or it's, it's a command I'm obligated to. But can I tell you, when generosity becomes your heart, it affects every area of your life. I'm not just a cheerful giver of my finances. I'm a cheerful giver with my life. Are you with me today, church? Jesus is quoted in Acts 20, 35. I love this. It says, he, he says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And we love that scripture. We're like, amen. Except I'm not so sure we agree with it. Like, honestly, I would rather get $100 than give $100. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But Jesus, is, he, he's telling us something. He's inviting us onto a journey. He's inviting us into a different way to live. See, Jesus will bring paradoxes where the world says it like this, but I say it's like this. It's, it's opposite in the kingdom of God. And one thing you'll find out as you step into this journey, this life of generosity, one thing you'll find out very, very quickly is that it's more blessed to give than receive. In fact, that word blessed in the Greek, it's makario, and it means happy. It means cheerful. You see what I did there? God loves a cheerful giver. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you're gonna be more happy if you focus on giving and not receiving. You're gonna be more cheerful. Anybody wanna be like happier? Anybody want more joy? Anybody want more peace? Cool. I know and sometimes in the church we like, we like, we, 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 we say happiness is bad. We're like, God doesn't want you to be happy. God wants you to be holy. And I believe that, absolutely. God wants you to be holy and he prioritizes holiness over happiness. But can I tell you, God does not want you to be holy and miserable. God wants you to be holy and happy, okay? So it's okay that it's happy. You're gonna be more happy giving than receiving. So today, I just have three takeaways. It's a really simple message. I hope that's okay. Really simple message. I hope you guys are doing okay. Next week, if you wanna come back, like I just want you to know, we don't talk about this, this, this topic very often, um, but next week, if you wanna come back, Pastor Joel is gonna preach about sex, so you can come back and <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Open to Song of Solomon 3. All right. Is it too far? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's terrible. I'm sick. I know. Literally, I'm sick. Okay. Um, so generosity is, is, is giving more than what's required. Why do I want to give more than what's required? Because when I give more than what's required, I... I look like God, which brings me to my first point today. If you're taking notes, by the way, if you are taking notes, the title of my talk is A Generous Heart. Um, and if you're taking notes, my first point today is that our God is generous. Our God is generous. Come on, say amen to that. Amen to that. Our God is generous. See, the reason that God loves when we're generous is because he's generous and he loves when we look like him. When God sees himself in us, it gives him a thrill. He gets excited about that. How do I know God is generous? Because God continually and consistently gives more than what's required. See, we need a new perspective on the generosity of our God. We need a new perspective on who God is. That God is not stingy. God is not a withholder. God is not a hoarder. No, God is a giver. God is generous. God loves to bless you. He loves to bless you. He is, he's generous. Look at, I mean, I'm just thinking about even like creation. There's billions of galaxies. Why? God's generous. Stars that we can't even count. I, I looked these up, I looked these up on, online so you know they're real, okay? 
got them from the internet. Check this out, 750 different species of butterflies. That's awesome, okay? I'm like, we could have done with six, Lord. But there's 750 different species of butterflies. 11,000 different species of moths. Gross, right? I love a butterfly because it's like pretty, but moths have dust on them, so get them away from me. And they eat my clothes. They eat my sweaters. All right. Where's my fisherman in the house? 22,000 different species of fish. How many has caught all of them? Anybody? Anybody? Like, I caught all 22,000. It's awesome. All the species. No, why? Why so many? Because God is generous. 35,000 different species of spiders. Ah, it's terrible. Why, God? Because he's generous. Like, okay, <laughs> sure, we could have done with none, Lord. That would have been awesome. How about this? This is, for the, this is for the wives in the room. 150 different species of roses. Some of you husbands don't even know about one. Get your wife some flowers after church today. Now I'm gonna have to do it too. Come on, God, God is generous. God is even generous to those who oppose him. For he allows the sun to rise every morning. He, he gives us oxygen to breathe. He, he gives us what we call common grace. Come on, what does the Bible say? Listen to these scriptures. I'm just reading them, and I just want you to get a glimpse of our God. Which of you, this is Matthew 7, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, who's gonna give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Come on. James 1:17. whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God the Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Ephesians 1:3. look at this. Blessed be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Come on, God is generous. Our God is so generous. Why is this important? It's important because it's important you and I understand that our generosity does not come from us. It does not begin with us. We are not naturally prone to be generous. We don't just decide one day that I'm gonna be generous. I don't just like wake up one day and like clench my teeth and my fists and be like, I will be generous. No, the reason I'm generous is because God is so generous. God has been so generous to me. And I give, listen to me, I give not so that I can get. I give not because I just really believe in giving and tithing, although I do. I give because I'm just responding to a God who has been so generous to me. I'm, I, I believe in Jesus who, who gives with delight, who gives with excitement, joy, and peace, and righteousness, and, and purity, and wholeness, and forgiveness, and salvation to me. So I'm just gonna take everything God has given me, and I'm gonna turn it around and use it to express my gratitude to him. Come on. Is anybody thankful in the house today? Are you thankful for our generous God? Come on. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Sometimes we take that for granted. We're like, yeah, God, you're good. And we sing songs like gratitude. Well, I throw up my hands because you're good. And yeah, I like this song. It sounds really good. But I want us to actually have an encounter with the Lord this morning that we would go, wow, God is good. Think about your testimony for a moment. Come on, the reality is, is that none of, us even, none of us even deserve to be here. 
None of us even should be here. But God who's so rich in mercy, God who's so rich in, in, in his goodness and his grace and his kindness, and he is so generous, has, 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 he, he sent the greatest gift that was ever given to humanity. Hello, Christmas, by the way. Come on, to save us, to die for us to defeat death, hell, and the grave for us, to put us back on our feet, to transform our life, to bless us that we might be a blessing. So when I stop and actually think about it, I can't help but to be generous. I can't help but to be thankful when I remember how, how, how generous God has been with me. Well, remember the verse Tim Tebow wrote, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, that he what? He gave. He, 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 he gave. He gave. Why? Because God always gives more than what's required. Always. I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. We, wrote, we, we read it earlier, but I, wanted it to, I just wanted to minister to somebody. Maybe you're in this season and you feel like you're in lack. Maybe you feel like you don't have a lot to give. Maybe you feel like, 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 like maybe you have a hard time trusting God to, to, to come through for you. Can, you. can you just lean into this verse real quick? Listen to this. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, come on, you will abound in every good work. Listen to the language. All things, all times, having all that you need. Who, who wants to sign up for that? Come on. I looked up the word all in the Greek. It means all. All. All times, all things, having all that you need. That you can, listen to me, listen to me, not just operate in every good work. No, no, no. He says abound in every good work excel in every good work. What's he saying? He's saying God is gonna bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. So that you can be a blessing to others. See, this is what I've learned throughout my life and I think that you could agree with me. God will bless you when he sees that you'll take what you have and you'll use it to bless other people. Why? Because he goes, there's a person I can get my blessing through because they're not waiting to get something more to be a blessing. They're being a blessing with what they already have. So I'm gonna give them more because I can trust them to get the blessing through them, to get the blessing. So God will bless us so that he can get the blessing through us. See, can I tell you what generosity is not? It's not an obligation. Can I tell you what generosity is? It's an opportunity to partner with God, to partner with God that his blessing would come to us and it would go through us. Secondly today, first God is generous, and I want you to remember that. I know sometimes that, that becomes white noise, but God is generous. Think about it today. Think about how he's been generous. Number two, I think that we need a perspective change. If you're taking notes, you can write down, change your perspective. You guys doing okay? Okay, we'll be done in 45 minutes. All right, I'm kidding. This is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus says in Luke 33. Luke 33, I wanna read this out. We're gonna kind of go away from Paul. We'll come back to Paul in just a second. But Luke, sorry, I'm sorry, Luke 11, not 33. Luke 11, verse 33, if you got it up on the, on the screen. Check this out. This is Jesus. He says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. That's the purpose. And check this out. Your eye, somebody say your eye, that was weak. Come on. Somebody say your eye. Your eye. 
help me out, man. Your eye is the lamp of your body. If you don't know what this means, don't worry. I'm going to explain it in just a second because it's just weird, okay? When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. One more. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Okay, Jesus is giving kind of a parable. In fact, after this, he's gonna go and he's gonna eat with Pharisees and, and, and he doesn't wash his hands because and the Pharisee gets mad because back in this day, they were, they were adding to the law of God and they were adding all these things. And, and this is why actually Jesus says, hey, are, if you're tired or, or, or you're heavy burden, come to me and I will give you rest. Because what he was saying was, I know that these religious leaders are putting extra laws on you and making, making it harder to follow God so that they can look better, they can look elite. But I want you to come to me and I'm gonna take all that off of you. I'm gonna show you there's one way to the Father. It's through me. So come and rest. And Jesus begins to t talk to these Pharisees and he tells them, hey, I, you, you care about the outside. Guess what? I care about the inside. And so a lot of times, especially in church, we, we get really busy caring about how people view us from the outside. But what God is actually looking at is the inside. And so God doesn't want us to just have acts of generosity. God wants us to have a heart of generosity. And so when, he, when, when Jesus is talking about this, he's using this language, he's saying, with your eye is healthy and your eye is unhealthy. What does that mean? Well, in the Greek, it means when your eye is generous versus when your eye is stingy. Generous versus stingy. Reminds me of Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. In fact, when Jesus is talking in Matthew 6, he's talking about where your treasure is, your heart is also. He's talking about you can't serve two masters. That's the same, the same paragraph. He uses the same illustration. And he says that your, your eye is unhealthy and your eye is healthy. It's the same words in the Greek. Your eye is generous. Your eye is stingy. See, Jesus is teaching on generosity. And this is what he's saying. He's saying generosity begins with our perspective. It begins with our outlook. See, one of the perspective changes that we have to make as people in the kingdom of God, is we need to shift our perspective, perspective um, from a life, from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. From a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Jesus is asking this, do you have an abundance eye or do you have a scarcity eye? How do you view the world? How do you view the world? Do you view the world like there's plenty to go around, like there's a lot of opportunity, that God gives good gifts, that God is generous? that God is taking care of me, that I don't really have to worry about tomorrow because if God takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the fields, how much more will he take care of me? Is that how you view the world? Is that how you view, the, or do you view the world through a scarcity mindset, a scarcity eye, where you go, there, well, there's not really a lot of opportunity to go around. There's not really a lot, a lot to go around. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna begin to withhold. I'm gonna start hoarding. I'm gonna start putting myself first. I'm gonna make sure I'm taken care of before I take care of anybody else because I don't really know. I am kind of worried about tomorrow. I'm not really sure if God is generous. I mean, it sounds really good and I wanna say amen to that, but if, if, my actions don't really line up with my words. You ever see that show, Hoarders? You remember that show? Right? It's the people and they, they get like addicted to collecting stuff and you go into their home and it's just like, it, it, it's a sad reality that 
their homes are literally filled with stuff. And like, it reminded me of Proverbs eleven twenty four. They might have more stuff than you, but their world is much smaller than yours. Like you can't even move around in there. It's like, okay, right? It's hard to get around. See, the blessing is not in how much stuff we have. The blessing is in the God we have. And Jesus is challenging our mindset. He's challenging our perspective. And he's saying, in the kingdom of God, I know it's hard because it's often a paradox and it often contradicts how the world views it, but I need you to begin to view it a a different way. And when you begin to see the world with an abundance mindset, he literally says your body's gonna be full of light. You're gonna be a generous person. You're gonna be a person that actually can bless other people because you don't see the world as like there's not enough to go around. You see the world as there's plenty to go around because you know where your source is. Your source doesn't come from your bank account. Your source doesn't come from the world. Your source comes from your heavenly father who doesn't run out. I feel like I'm preaching better than you're responding. It's okay. You're, I'm, I'm challenging you. That's why you're quiet. It's okay. You're, it's okay. You guys remember the greatest cartoon ever, DuckTales? Anybody? DuckTales? Woo! Right? Come on. I love DuckTales. I, I remember growing up, this is a true story. I remember growing up and what I wanted to do with my life was have a tower filled with gold coins. Remember the diving board? Right? Scrooge McDuck, he'd go and he'd like jump off the diving board and into his gold coins. I was like, I want that, man. Mom, I know what I want to do with my life. Gold coins. Tower, diving board, let's set this thing up, right? That's what I wanted to do. Scrooge McDuck, he was my idol. He's awesome. I'm kidding, by the way. But I remember, I remember, you remember Scrooge McDuck? Like, he would, when he would get greedy about something, like, his eyes would turn to dollar signs. Like, I, I think that that's what we look like sometimes. We see, like, oh, man, we, we get so, we get so earthly possession money-focused, we forget that there's so much more to life. We begin to put our trust in money and possessions and not in God, not in our Father. And so we begin to try to take care of our own life. We, we, we live, we don't say this, but we live from a place of I'm in control. I make sure what happens tomorrow is good. I'm the one who puts food on, food on the table. Uh, did you forget that everything you have is actually a gift from God? See, this is what worship is, by the way. If you don't know, when we worship, when we sing, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't make this up. I think it was Louis Giglio. He said, when we worship, we just, we're just giving our breath back to God. I wanna live from that mindset. I don't wanna live like, well, yeah, you know, I'll praise you, God, if I kind of feel like it or if I'm having a good day because it's my breath. No, this, this breath is not mine. This breath belongs to God. God is the one who gave me life. God is the one who blessed me richly. God's the one who gave me an amazing wife. God's the one who gave me a great community to be a part of. God's the one who blessed me with riches beyond my my, my comprehension. God, I wanna live from that mindset. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take and I'm gonna look at everything I have and I'm just, this is just God's. I'm just borrowing it from him. He's the one who blesses me. And so I just wanna give it back to God. That's where it came from. That's where it came from. Lastly today, I'm almost done. I wanna go to 2 Corinthians 8, 7. 8, 7. Paul, he's writing again. He's talking about generosity. 
I'll give you some context in a second, but he says this, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and the love we have kindled in you, see, see that you also excel in this grace of giving, this grace of giving. I love how he puts that, this grace of giving. Like, like it's so important that we understand, again, generosity, and two, two things, it doesn't come from us. It comes from when we focus on a generous God. But number two, it focuses, it, it comes from grace. Like God can actually give you the grace to be a generous person. Like, let me, let me say it like this. There is supernatural power for you to be a generous person. Like, like when you are actually following Jesus, you, generosity is one of the fruits of, of following Jesus. It's, it's a life where I'm giving. That, that's, that's, a, that's one of the results of following Jesus. And Paul, he's writing, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny because if you read, if you read the, the chapter eight, he's kind of comparing them to the, the Macedonian church and who, who, in his words, he said, who gave generously beyond their ability. And he's like, hey, you're good at like all this stuff, like faith, knowledge, you know, talking about Jesus, singing about Jesus, serving, you know, all that stuff. Um, and in the level we've kindled for you, he lists out all this stuff. But he's like, but I also want you to excel in the grace of giving. Like, can you imagine if I was like, hey, you're really good at a lot of stuff. I want you to get better at giving. That's my message today. It's like, it's kind of offensive. But this is what he's saying. He, he's like comparing them to the church, to, to the Macedonian church. And we know that, remember, remember, God gave because he loves, right? So what's my motivation for giving? Love. That's not a trick question. Love. So here's my last point today. I know this is a challenge, but I want you to understand this. What you love, you'll give to. What you love, you'll give to. There's that famous saying that says you you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. I love that. Don't throw stones at me. I'm not the one who said it. Jesus said it, okay? He said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And Paul will continue. Worship team can help me close. Paul will continue in verse eight. So he's like, hey, you're, you're good at like all the stuff, but I want you to get better at giving. And then he's like, and I'm saying this not as a command. I say this not as a command, so, so you're, I'm not like forcing you to do this. You're invited to do this, by the way. Generosity is not a command. It, you're invited to be generous. But then he says this. He says, but to prove by the earnestness of others, talk about the Macedonian, Macedonian church, that your love is also genuine. Wow, Paul, you're kind of rude. It's like, we're just like getting back on the good terms here, brother. This is like a rest, restoration letter. And you're like telling me to prove my love is genuine by giving like the Macedonian church gave? Yeah. He says, he says, you said you were gonna give and you didn't give, so I want you to prove that your love is genuine by giving. This is crazy. It's offensive. I'm sorry if you're offended right now. This is Paul, not me. What's the takeaway? That what you love, you'll give to. That if you love something, you'll give to it. This is not a manipulation. This is not a twist your arm. I'm not, again, I'm not taking a special offering. This is just Bible. This is just life that I give what I love to. See, I can tell you what you love if you show me your bank statement. See, if you look at my bank statement, you'll find out really quickly I really like clothes. I love clothes. And you can judge me or you can pray for me. I prefer you pray for me, but whatever. You'll find out really quickly, I love food. I love food, you love food? Come on. When I say food, what I really mean is pizza and candy. It just is what it is. 
Again, you can judge me or you can pray for me. That's up to you. I prefer you pray for me. I have an addiction to candy. I need help. Tim, I need help, okay? That's a joke. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. You, you'll find out really quickly on my bank statement, I love this woman named Lisa Alkire. She's all over my bank statement. She's all over it. I love her. I love her, so I give to her. I'm on hers too, by the way. She, she loves me. It's, we got a great thing going on here. It's awesome. Right? Because what you love, what you, love you, you give to. What you love, you give to. Why, why do I want to give? Because I love God. I love God. And I love what he's building. And Jesus said that, 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 that he, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm building my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. So if Jesus is building his local church, I want to build his local church. And if Jesus loves a cheerful giver, I want to be a cheerful giver. And I want to give to what he's building. And I found out this in life. I found out if you'll give to something, you'll actually start to love it. At the very least, you'll be very interested in it. If you begin, if, if you're not like super high on something, a group of people, a, a business, something, just start giving to it and you'll get at least really interested in it. But I found out the more I give to God's church, the more I give to what God is building, I found out that I started to love his church more. I found out that I started to actually love what he's building. Because what you love, you give to. What you love, you give to. You know, we have our Christmas Eve service coming up. It's not really on Christmas Eve. It's on Wednesday. It's our midweek service. I would really encourage you to come. What else are you going to do on a Wednesday night? If you're not here, I judge you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's Wednesday night, December 20th, 6 p.m. I love it so much. I love the music. I love the preaching. But what I love the most is when we light our candles. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. And, and our sweet Pastor Robbie, our, our pastor mom, she sings Silent Night, and we all sing Silent Night. You shouldn't miss it. It's so cool. It's so cool because, like, the room is dark. It's dark, and then we start, we start lighting candles one by one. And then what you do is you pass your flame to the person next to you. And after a couple minutes, the whole room is full of light. Is this not what Jesus was talking about? That the body would be full of light? That the body would be full of light? Maybe it's not even just talking about your body. It's talking about the body of Christ. That the body of Christ would be full of light. Why? Because my eye is generous. Because I'm a giver. See, can I tell you, your candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. It loses nothing. Again, it's another paradox in the kingdom of God. That when you give, you don't lose. When you give, you actually gain. You gain light in the body. You gain light. And I'm telling you, when the body of light, when the body of Christ is full of light, nothing can stop it. No force on this earth, no dark force, no demonic force. There's nothing in existence, I believe, that can stop a church that is full of light. And I'm not just generous with my money. No, I'm generous with my love. I'm generous with forgiveness. I'm generous with encouragement. I'm generous with my gratitude. I'm just pouring out because I'm just giving everything God gave to me. I'm just pouring it back out to other people. And what happens when we take the light of Christ into a dark world? Ha! Huh? You can't hide it. Darkness won't last for a second when the light comes on. Come on, somebody. You've got light on the inside of you. 
I don't know who needs to hear that. I don't know who needs to be reminded of that. This season is so hard and it's difficult and it's dark and it's gloomy and there's a lot of depression and anxiety going around. I came to tell some people there's a light on the inside of you. There's a light on the inside of you that's not just for you. It's for people who are broken and hurting and are in need of the love of Jesus. The world needs our light. The world needs our light. And so I don't want to be stingy. I want to be generous. I want to pass on what God has given to me. You know what the great thing about the candles is? Is the person comes and, and, and they light my candle. I didn't light my candle. My flame didn't come from me. It came from something beyond me. So your light is not even yours to begin with. Give it away. Give it up. Stop holding on to light. Stop holding on to light. Man, I'm telling you, it could be so easy. I, again, I, my life has literally, I, I, I honestly believe this, my light has taken a different trajectory because of the people in this church. I believe that. I'm where I am today because of the grace of God, but I'm where I am today because of you. Some of you have come up, and when you didn't even know I needed it, you just loved on me. When I was in a dark place, when I was in a, in a difficult place, man, you came up to me. I don't know if you're here right now, but I, got, I, I want to honor Cecil. Cecil and Mary Lee. Man, when I lost my dad, I'm telling you, nobody loved me like Cecil loved me. And he told me, I, I'll never forget it. I hope this is okay, I'm sharing this. But he told me, I'll never forget it. He said, don't you let anybody tell you when, it's, when your time of grieving is up. How did he know? because he lost his dad at 30 as well. And he went through the same thing I went through. I tell you what you're going through. I feel the Lord today, man. What you're going through right now is gonna set somebody free 20 years from now. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how dark it is. I don't know, but, but can you endure? Can you hold on? Can you lean into Jesus? Because I'm telling you, he's gonna bring you through it and you're gonna be able to actually set the trajectory of somebody else's life on a path that they were not even meant to be on. And they're gonna become somebody that God can use because of your encouragement. So yeah, listen, we can talk about money, we can talk about that, and it is, generosity is finances, but it's so much more. It's when we take our light and we spread it to other people. You never know who you're talking to. When you're at the grocery store, you never know who you're inviting to church. You should look up Billy Graham's testimony. He got invited to church. He kept saying no. And then one day he finally gave in to his friend and he came to church. And guess what? He hated it. He hated it. And he stopped coming. Eventually he kept inviting him and he came back. And guess what? It was Billy Graham. How many people have come to know Jesus because of the ministry of Billy Graham? You never know who you're talking to. You never know who you're inviting. You, you never know what somebody is going through. Don't ever look at anybody and think they don't need encouragement or they don't need love. Because you never know what somebody's going through. And here's what I've found. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Here's what I've found. I'm t I turned 32 this, this Saturday. I know I'm getting so old. I'm getting old. I'm so old, church. I just say that to mess with you. <laughs> but I turn, this is what I've learned in life, that generosity is not so much about what you do as much as it is about who you are. It's about who you are. It's about who you are. 
So God, I just thank you for these moments that we've shared together, and I thank you for your spirit and your presence in this place. God, I I pray for a stirring on the inside of us. I pray that you would make our hearts burn within us. God, that this life is not just about us. It's not even just about my family, God, but it's about the ones who still need to hear you. God, I pray that you would remind us of all the places that you put us in, all of the the, the circumstances and workplaces and, 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 and businesses, God, all the places that you allow our feet to step. God, that you would allow us to remember that we are light spreaders that we can take what you have so graciously and generously given to us and that you so graciously and generously continue to give to us and we can give it away like it's not even ours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours, God. It's yours. I pray, God, that you would remind your children today of how generous you are. Remind them today. There's this phrase that my my wife, Lisa, and I have been saying. We we just go, how much does God love us? How much does God love us? I I just pray you begin to remember that. The scripture, how much more will God take care of you? I pray that, God, there will be a perspective shift. God, you're you're changing some mindsets in the room today. God, you're changing some, some, some perspectives in the room today. God, you're taking us from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. And I thank you, Jesus, that we, because of your grace, we get, we get to see the world in a different way. No longer will we see through a scarcity eye. I pray we would see through an abundance eye. And what we love, we give to God. What we love, we give to. Jesus, thank you. If there's anybody here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you've never made a decision to make him Lord and Savior of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. If you're here, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He's generous. And you don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You just simply put your faith in Jesus. We know that you don't go to heaven because you're a good person. Generosity doesn't even get you to heaven. No, Jesus is the, is the way, the truth, and the life. There's one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus by placing your faith in him. So if there's anybody in the room today, or maybe you're watching online, and you want to give your life to this Jesus we've been speaking about, would you just lift your hand so I can pray for you? Lift your hand so I can pray for you. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching online and you want to receive Jesus as your Savior today, could you please text HOTL to 97000. We want to pray with you. We want to connect with you. Come on. Can we give God some praise in this place? Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You can stand to your feet. You can stand to your feet. Thank you for for being so gracious with me today, listening to me. Pray for me, please. I'm sick and it's my birthday. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I love you guys. Again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your love. Can I encourage you? Let's keep up our generosity. Let's keep it up because it matters. It matters. You matter. What you do matters. Jesus, I just pray a blessing on every person in this room. I pray that you would touch our hearts, God. I pray that you would cause us to have a heart of generosity. I even just pray for divine encounters today, Lord, that we would be able, it's, it's not even anything complicated. We would just be able to see somebody and value them and encourage them and love on them and spread your light throughout this dark, dark world. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. We give you all the glory, all the praise. Come on. If you love Jesus, will you say amen? Amen. Say amen one more time. Come on. All right. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.